The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Minnesota Mahogany waxing it up. 100, 200. Bad seed, broken, bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad lie, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City studios of the Pharrell Palatial, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny's upstairs. Nobody else is home, so she's snapping big five footers of strawberry OG energized before she goes to bed in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, ready to drive eggs, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do that. All my friends that come around, fly to fly to party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess, this town's a tatter. My brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Ooh. Edward's kicking. It's Pharrell with Mafia. The number's toll free to get on the bench, 844-843-6879. So, a couple of things. A, uh, Dallas up 41-37 on the Clippers. With five and change left in the half in Dallas at the AA. All I know is, I mean, it's unbelievable to me. It really is. I tweeted this out earlier. And I I actually believe this. Like, you know, I think that Luka Doncic is an incredible player. I, you know, truly, like everyone else, enjoy watching him play. I think he's an amazing talent. And... I felt that way when he came out of Real Madrid at a young age, playing pro ball and coming to the NBA at 20. I think the guy uh, is sensational. 13 points already in this game. And he's 4 of 9 from the floor, 0 of 2 from downtown. I think he's been perfect from the line. He's got one rebound and four dimes. But uh, they're up 41-38 over the Clippers. And the thing that uh, amazes me is how much this guy cries and whines to the refs. I've never seen anything like it. Like it's obvious now why he gets all these technicals and why he like led the league in tax and why he was in jeopardy of being suspended for it when he got to 15. I mean, this guy literally, he's insane. He is absolutely the biggest crybaby in the NBA. I have never seen a guy complain as much as he does about every single effing time he touches the ball. He thinks he gets fouled. And then when he fouls the living shack out of people, he just had a foul on Jackson under the Clippers basket. There was nobody around at all. Jackson got the ball under the basket on a rebound. No one else. Everyone else is in transition running the other way. Don just hacks his arm off, literally, chops his arm off, and he gets the 
foul. And he, he sat there and complained that he didn't foul him. Like, he literally tore his limbs off of his body, and he doesn't think he's ever guilty of a foul. And he thinks that in his mind, I mean, this is the Spanish in him for sure. Uh, when he played in Spain, he thinks that every time he touches the ball, somebody fouls him. And then when he's defending, he's never guilty of anything. And it goes on the entire game. I mean, it's every single time he touches the ball, he's crying to the refs. I mean, he never stops complaining to the refs. I mean, it's it's enough to drive you nuts. I'm like, I'm sitting there watching him going, uh, you know, he's the most incredible player, right? And I thought to myself, imagine how great he'd be if he didn't waste all his time with the refs. We welcome our radio affiliate, Sirius XM, Mightier 1090, Sports Map, Sports Byline. I, I don't understand why he does it. I, re- I really don't. I, I just cannot. Uh, Pharrell on a bench on a Friday. Uh, with Mafia. I, I don't understand Doncic, his tactic of he doesn't, you know, frankly, to me, just play ball. I mean, when you're the true point on a team and you have the ball 90% of the time in your hands, does he really think that, like, no one's going to touch him? Does he really think that no one's going to body him? No one's going to hand check him? No one's going to elbow him in terms of elbow to the back? You know, when I'm defending a big, like I play this monster now, and he's like 6'6", 240. Mafia is 6'5", 240. I got to put my arm into him when he's backing me down in the low block. So I'm big. You know, I'm like 6'4", almost, and, and 215. I, I, have to, I have to elbow in, body, keep their body on me and in front of me and physically push forward when a big guy like that is backing me down. This guy thinks that no one's allowed to touch him. No one's allowed to hand check him, guard him, try to stop him, try to steal the ball. No one's allowed to touch him. And the entire time he does it, he cries to the refs. He never stops talking to the refs. Watch the game. You'll see it yourself. I don't even have to prove myself. He does it the whole effing night. He never stops. And when they blow the whistle and there's a, a a freeze, he talks the whole time to the ref. And he's not asking him where he's going to dinner. He's crying about every call. He's crying about every time he has the ball. He's talking to the ref right now. And it has nothing to do with the, the play. I mean, he just never stops. I think it's a pain in the ass. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. It has come to our attention that some of you are guilty of superstition. Dude, trust us. Winning after an XL pepperoni pie before every game is just a coincidence. Take a breath. And maybe a diabetes test. We're your home for the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
All right, Pearl on the bench on a pain-free Friday, 844-843-6879. I've been talking about uh, Doncic crying to the refs. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anyone cry more to the refs, ever. I, I said to Mafia on a break, I think he's past LeBron James. Like, the difference between Luka and LeBron is... I think pretty straightforward and simple. LeBron James works the refs with his veteran savvy and his brilliance, and he's the best player in the world. And he takes advantage of that juice to get whatever he wants. He can get every call. He can work the refs and Jimmy the refs the whole game, and he gets calls, and he gets to the line because of it. I think Doncic literally just cries and whines. And I don't think the refs respect him. I think they respect his game and they know he's a great player and they still make the calls that they make and they don't give him any juice. Like, we're going to just send you to the line 20 times a game. They don't give him that love. And Mafia said it best in the break. He said it's because he's he's young. He's you know he been around a couple years, and so like he there was just a foul called, and he I mean he is literally complaining on every single effing whistle, even if it has nothing to do with him. He's crying to the refs. He's talking to the ref right now. I'm literally watching this guy. He has not stopped Mafia talking to the ref the entire first half. I mean, he is complaining and crying, hands in the air, throwing facial expressions, you know, smacking his legs with his hands. He is crying like no other. I have never seen a whiner in my life worse than Luka Doncic. I mean, this kid's a B. I mean, he is an absolute B when it comes to uh, the refs. I've never seen anything. I've never even seen anyone close to him. I've never seen anything like it. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Yeah, and like you said, it's not just because LeBron's a veteran. Like, LeBron waited until he was a veteran to do that, to work the refs, because you got to learn how to do it. You have to know what you're doing and how to work them. It's a mind game, because if you just come out complaining like this and, and bitching all the time, they're not going to give you the call no matter how much of a veteran you are, no matter how great a player you are, because they're going to dislike you. And that's what this kid's doing to himself is he's setting him up to never get a call because they're going to hate him his entire career because all he does is bitch. Let your coach do it. Let him, you know, play the game, mess with the refs, try to get it going. And then you can play, you know, good cop, bad cop. Like, he's the jerk. And you're the nice guy. You just talk to him like, hey, man, come on. You got to give me something. Like, play that game. Don't be the one always in their ear because then they hate you and you don't get the call. And while basketball has a couple rules that are black and white. Otherwise, pretty much every call in the game is subjective. So if they have an unconscious bias against you, you're not getting the calls. You're right. And then how about this? Um, after all of that complaining and whining and, and being, he is up by one point with a minute left and a half. They led by as many as seven, nine, and, and now they got a, a one-point lead with the ball. So after all of that, you know, complaining and crying, he's got no advantage, none. All he does is cry, whine, be, and it gets him nowhere. 
And then we see ESPN going to do a halftime special on how magical he is, how amazing he is, how gifted he is, how dynamic he is. Well, we all know all that. But how about how effing painful he is? I mean, I have never in my life seen a guy more painful than this guy playing basketball with his crying to the refs. I mean, just play the effing game, bro. He's such a great player. Why not just play the game and shut your mouth? And how about this? He even admits it. He flat out unequivocally admits it and says, and now they're down three. Kawhi Leonard with a three ball. So he literally has admitted that he can't help himself. He just can't stop. He's like, I can't, I can't stop doing it. He said, I, I, I definitely talk too much. And I complain too much, and I ride the refs too much, and I get teched up too much because I am crazy. He admitted it. He literally came out and admitted it. So he just, um, at the buzzer, missed a shot. So I think it's uh, three-point, 48-45, Clipper lead at the half. So after all of that, largest crowd in the NBA this year in Dallas tonight, after all their hot three-point shooting in the first half, after all of Luka Doncic's dynamic buckets, after all of his crying and whining and complaining and being, being meaning, you know what, B, he is down three. So after all that, after all that, they're still losing. I mean, that's amazing to me. So imagine if he literally just played basketball and stopped with all the nonsense, I think they'd be up five or six at least. And not only that, Scott, you, I know, mean, you save, that, save that stuff for later in the game because right now, like you said, not that these points don't matter early on, but it's a tight game, you know, whatever, you're close, you're not getting your butts kicked. Save that for later on because if it's a tight game later on, you know, which is what LeBron used to do when he was a kid, he's like, he'd just bowl through three guys and not flinch, he'd stare you down. Not, you know, complain to the rest about it and he'd just play the game. So when all of a sudden he did react to something, they said, oh, well, you know, it must, it must have been a foul then because this guy doesn't do this all the time. When you're Luca and you're throwing your head and your hands up every time someone breathes on you, then when you're in a late-game situation, you're driving down the lane and you are getting hacked and you're throwing your hands up and your head back, they're going to say, well, he does that every play. So it's not a foul. This guy's just acting. You're right. You're right. Now, listen, uh, you and I have played a million basketball games together over the years. And uh, I've had my fair share of problems with refs. Uh, I don't deny, but I don't whine and cry to refs. I just cuss at them. I'm just like, you suck. You're the worst. You're the worst ref ever. You're not even, you can't even run up to court. You're such a fat ass. And you're, you know, 30, 40 feet behind a play making crappy calls. You suck. And you know I do that. Fair enough. But I don't, I don't cry and whine like I'm not getting calls. I'm not get, someone's touching me. Someone's uh, hand checking me. Someone's fouling me. Uh, you don't. And then when you play with me without refs, I'm not a guy that sits around every, uh, you know, open run crying about getting fouled under the bucket or driving to the bucket or in close or in the paint or anywhere. Because, you know, I go to the 10 and, you know, I, I drive the baseline. You know, I score from anywhere. And I just play. I don't sit there and cry for calls. I mean, I'll call fouls when I get when it affects my shot and I'm trying to score and someone affects my shot. 
and fouls me, I'm going to call it. But if it's just a bump and a foul and a and a you know hit underneath or whatever, uh, I don't call those ever. And I won't deny I've had my fair share of problems with refs and, and gotten teched up, but it's mostly for cussing out refs uh, when they had it coming. But I don't sit there and do it the whole game. You never knew me to be the whole game, like where I just sit there and cry and whine like this guy. No. There's no way. I've cussed him out. You've seen that. I've been thrown out of games, but you never saw me crying and whining every single second of the game. No, it's not your style. I mean, it's more so you even get more ticked off when there's fouls called on you than, you know, not called for you. You know, when you're on defense and they call something and you're just like, oh, it's clean block. It's just, you know, you come into the paint. There's no valet parking here, like that kind of stuff. You, right. you really don't complain that much when it's on the offense unless it's egregious. I don't call on offense that much. I really don't. Like, I get fouled all the time. And I just, you know, I might yell and one or Glenn Rice, like, when I get fouled and one. But I don't I don't uh, call a lot of stuff on anybody. I expect to get fouled when I go inside. I expect to get fouled around the basket, in the paint, low block, baseline. And when I drive, I'm going to get fouled. I'm going to get bodied. I'm going to get everything. I get that every day. I'm going to play tomorrow and Sunday. I'll get fouled a thousand times, but I don't call it. I try to play the game without calling fouls because you're just a wussy. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. problem with people. Everybody expects every team in the effing league to win the Super Bowl. One team wins. The rest of them lose. Nothing for you. How about that one last indignity? All right, for all with you and Mafia, we're watching uh, the Clips and Mavs game six in Dallas, and the Clips lead it by three, and they didn't even play good. I mean, I thought Reggie Jackson played good, and I thought Kawhi came on strong from the midway point of the second quarter and kind of took over the game for the Clippers because before uh, I thought it was, you know, obviously it was Jackson that was doing all the damage. Uh, Reggie Jackson came out. He was uh, when he started. He was six for six. He ended up going six for ten. He had fifteen points. Kawhi had sixteen. He hit seven of eleven and a three. Reggie hit two threes. And uh, PG's got eleven and one three. As far as the Mavs go, Luca's got fifteen on five of eleven, and Hardaway's got ten. And nobody else is doing jack. I think that's why they've been caught. You see, two guys have scored. None of the others have more than five. And then you've got three guys in double figures for the Clippers. And then literally their bench, the Clippers bench has no points. And I'm talking about four guys played. 
Zubats, Rondo, Mann, and Kennard, they all played minutes, and not one guy scored. So Morris Sr. has four, Batum two, on an elbow, Jay. And then the rest of the team has no points. The only three scoring are Kawhi, Reggie, Jackson, and PG. Paul George. So, I mean, it's unbelievable to me. And I think one of the problems is, obviously, you got two guys scoring for Dallas. That's it. But they're, you know, frankly, issue with me is, is Luka Doncic is wasting the entire game crying to the refs instead of playing basketball. Instead of just playing. If he were playing right now, Mafia, I think he'd have 22 points in the first half. He had 15 because he wasted so much of his game crying to the refs and spent, I mean, the entire half. He, he, he never stopped riding the refs. I mean, he cried when the game was going on. He cried when there was a whistle. He cried when there was a guy at the line. He cried, uh, you know, coming out of timeouts, he was crying to him, talking to the ref the whole time before they start the game back up. I mean, the guy's so obsessed with the refs. I think it's thrown his game off. I really do. I think he could have 22, 25 points right now. Like, do you remember last night when, when Booker had just the most amazing first half and he hit all those threes and he was just dealing on the Lakers? That's what Doncic should be doing. Booker doesn't even talk to the ref, ever. He just scores. This guy Doncic could be dropping dimes and scoring at will on anybody. Instead, he spends the whole half, I think, distracted Mafia by the refs and the calls and the non-calls. He's so obsessed with the refs that he's, like, not paying attention to his team losing. Right, because then there's times, you know, during the game when he's too busy, you know, thinking about that last play that he didn't like about them or you know, getting ready to figure out what he's saying to them and he's not, you know, completely focused in on, you know, taking the shot and hitting the shot or even you know, getting to the right spot. It's going to take you out of your game a little bit. So forgetting their defense or anything else, he's taking himself out of the game by doing that. And it's just so frustrating to see the kid who's got so much talent and is so awesome as, as a player, so young in the league, and is carrying this team because let's face it, if he wasn't there, that team wouldn't even be in the playoffs, let alone you know, taking the Clippers to a brink, the brink of elimination. Like, this is a team that would be trash without him, but because he's so focused, he's, you know, missing out on other opportunities here, which is what he has to learn. Like, yeah, you want to do that in the regular season? You want to get on the refs years? You want to get with them? Whatever. Like, go ahead. Who cares about the regular season anyway? In the playoffs, every play matters. Shut your mouth and play. And he just refuses to. Uh, and I don't even think it's that he refuses almost. It's that he can't. He can't actually psychologically do it. I don't think he's mentally capable of stopping the whining. He's actually, like we said, he's admitted that he can't stop. He's admitted that he's got a problem. He's, he's, He's publicly stated that he can't stop himself from riding the refs. And I'm telling you, it's going to be their downfall. First of all, even if they win this series tonight, well, first of all, I, I think if they if they win tonight, my point is they're still not going anywhere. They're not beating Utah. I, I just don't see it. Utah's got too much for them. He cannot do that by himself, beat Utah. But I think if he loses tonight, he'll lose the series. I think they'll go back to L.A. and lose that game seven. I don't. I just have a hard time believing, frankly, that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and the rest of those hacks, which is what they are, 
uh, are going to let it happen. Uh, I think Reggie Jackson's been playing great in this series. 20 points uh, average a game in the starts that he's had, and he's doing it again tonight. And I think if they get three guys scoring in that game seven, they'll they'll beat the Mavericks. I don't think Luca. I think Luca could have 40 in that game and still lose because the only other guy that can put the ball in the hole is Hardaway. Now, I know that Porzingis is capable of shooting and getting streaky hot. But you know as well as I do, Mafia, he never does it. He just absolutely never does it. Yeah, I said so. a big problem with Porzingis and Hardaway this season for them is that they're not consistent. Whether you know, There's been times that Porzingis has been banged up, I know. You know everyone gets injured. We heard the Lakers crying about the, the short offseason into the regular season, how that, you know everyone was banged up and had to deal with it. But, I mean, Porzingis is just walking wounded anyway, it seems like him and Anthony. He's just, just like Anthony Davis. Like, the guy's always banged up so far in his career. But him and Hardaway just aren't consistent enough. They'll have games where they just are incredible. And, you know, they're doing everything they can to help Luka, and you're just rolling. And then there's games where they just don't show up, and, you know, you barely get 10 points out of them. So you can't rely on either of those guys consistently. Yeah, I mean, I, he hit a three in the first half, Porzingis, but he's got five points. He had a three. He had a, a baseline bucket. dunk, too. Yeah, baseline dunk and a three. And the three rattled in. I thought it was a long shot three, like it was going to go long and hit the back of the rim, but it did, and it bounced back in. It, like, hit both sides of the rim and went clink, clink, and went in. So I thought he got lucky on his three, but he just is doing nothing as far as I'm concerned. So how how can you be that big and that good of a shooter and have five points, honestly? Like, I mean, he, bottom line is he sucks. I love Zinger. I really do. There's something about him I like that appeals to me, his his ability. But uh, he really is a hack. I mean, that's all there Great is contact. to it. Uh, yeah, he really is. He doesn't want any part of that um, self-parking in the lane, for sure. I think Finney Smith is trash. I know their fascination with Boban Marijuanovich, but there's no way that he's anything more than a hack. I don't care what anybody says. They're, like, talking about him, you know, uh, your boy uh, Van Gundy talking about him that he's a great passer and that he's should be dominating in the in the low block and he does neither and let me tell you something else he can't physically play minutes he played ten minutes in that game and you practically have to put him on an IV at halftime because he's so like just not in great shape I don't think he can play massive minutes. And if he's that big and that worthless in terms of burn, then he's a hack. I, I don't care what anybody says. Porzingis plays like a hack. Kleber does nothing. Powell does nothing. Stein, Cauley-Stein does nothing. I mean, Brunson's given him five points, and Richardson's given him four. But, I mean, they really are. It, it really is, you know, you know, Luka Doncic and Hardaway. That's it. That's the whole team. The rest of them are hacks. They remind me of the Lakers. They really do. It's LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and a bunch of hacks. And no one agrees with me until I finally shut everybody up with uh, the Suns win in game six, that they would win game six in L.A. at Staples, and they did. And I bet on them to win outright. And I've been saying for months, literally, the entire season, I've been clamoring on the air, left and right, that Gasol's a fat-ass hack. Schroeder's done absolutely nothing. Last night was the first time he had a game in, in two weeks. He's been terrible. He had one good game. 
last night, 20 points. Uh, I thought he was, was pretty good last night. Pope had 19. I think he's been a hack. I think Morris, he played 60 minutes, had two points. He's a hack. Dudley's a fat-ass loser. Kuzma is terrible. I don't care what anybody says. Kuzma's terrible. I said it today on Coast to Coast. He only has big games when the other teams load management night where they don't play their stars. When, when they go against a team that doesn't have any stars playing, he'll have a big night. Let's say if they played the T-Wolves and Cat Towns and, uh, you know, you know, Russell wasn't playing, he'd have a big game. He has a big game whenever nobody's playing. Other than that, he sucks. Harrell sucks. Two points. Matthews. I think Wes Matthews is terrible. I know people think he's good because he's got a little bow and arrow act. I think he's terrible, too. I think Caruso's terrible. Horton Tucker, they've been selling me that guy that he's some kind of stud all year, that he's the future, and I'm just like, my ass. I think both those teams uh, are filled with hacks. They remind me of each other. Seriously. I mean, Dallas has two players, and the Lakers have two players. That's it. That's all there is to it. When we come back, we'll talk about how bad the Winnipeg Jets suck. They got shut out tonight by Carey Price. I said today on Coast to Coast, the game would be one nothing. It was one nothing. I cannot believe how bad they look trying to score against Carey Price. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Winning isn't a mystery. It's remaking the odds in your favor by developing a strategy through deftly applied expert information and insights. Where do you get this information? Right here. Well, duh. Get the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Brown on the bench with Mafia. So uh, the Winnipeg Jets now trail the Montreal Canadiens 2-zip in their series as the Canadiens went to Ferelepeg and won both games, and they beat them tonight one to nothing. I said today uh, that the game would be one nothing, and uh, I just had the wrong team. I thought, I said at best, I said at best they'll get one goal off of this guy. At best, I said one nothing, and they lost one nothing. Uh, it really is amazing. Uh, Dryden, Plant, all-time 10 shutouts in Canadian history in their 24 Cups. And this guy, Carey Price, has eight. And there's no stopping him that, you know, in my opinion, he's going to catch those guys at some point. He might even do it literally this playoff season or at the worst next season. Who knows how long that guy's going to play, but it truly is amazing how bad he makes Winnipeg look. I mean, honestly, he did the same thing to the Leafs in the last three games of that series. He literally shut them down. I mean, for the most part. 
I mean, you're talking about a high-powered, offensively skilled team that can score on anybody. And he still, I think, held them in check overall. Even if he gave up three, they'd score four or five. They won five, three that last game, whatever it was. All I'm telling you is that I thought the Leafs played better against the Canadians than the Jets have. I think the Jets have looked terrible in these two games. And here's the point I'm trying to make. Going back to the regular season, there was a two-month period when the Winnipeg Jets were literally the worst team in hockey. They didn't win a game for two months. I have no idea how they made the playoffs. That's how bad that division was, apparently. They got in. Fair enough. Congratulations. Celebrate it. Pop the champagne. You got into the playoffs. And then they sweep their first round series, right? And then all I know is that, yeah, and they looked fantastic doing it, right? So what happened to that team? What happened to them? I mean, honestly, because you, you can't even describe it to me. Because, I mean, honestly, if you go back to their series with the Oilers, they won four to one, one nothing in overtime, five to four in overtime, and four to three in overtime. Three overtime games. And they won all those by a goal. And then the first game of the series, they won by three goals, right? Now they've lost five, three, and one nothing. And I have to tell you, Moff, that what I saw tonight was the sloppiest hockey performance by a team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They had so many terrible plays and passes behind the play, you know, behind the passing behind the guy. They're on two on one breaks and they'd pass it behind the guy. They'd be on a three on two and they'd screw it up with a dump pass and nobody'd be there. They'd like dump the pass. They'd, you know, get it, get into the zone, dump it back to the trailer, and there's no trailer. I thought they looked so terrible tonight. When I was watching the game, I'm sitting there watching and I go, I'm sitting there by myself watching the game, and I went, Holy shit, this team sucks. I mean, they flat out suck. I mean, they are a terrible hockey team. I mean, that's, I, I don't know. You can't even describe it any other way, Mafia. I don't know if you watched five minutes of that game, but that's all it took to see that they sucked tonight. I mean, they, in my opinion, tonight lost one nothing. It might as well have been 7 nothing because they never once, in my opinion, came close to scoring against Carey Price. I thought their effort tonight was pathetic. I mean, they looked terrible. Yeah, not only have they looked terrible, Scott, they looked terrible against the worst team to make it in the playoffs. You talk about how bad Winnipeg was and somehow were in the playoffs. They were third in that division. Montreal was four points behind them. Montreal had the least points, and they had less points than both the Stars and the Rangers who didn't make the playoffs in their divisions. But they get in, and I know Carey Price was hurt for a bunch of the season, came back at the end here for these playoffs, so no, that's obviously a big chunk of, of what's getting them to where they are. As you said, he's incredible. All-world goaltender playing at the top of his game right now, despite being you know later in his career, he still has it, and probably I guess those couple months off of being injured helped him you know do that. But it's just amazing that, like you said, they run through Edmonton. Granted, Edmonton, Toronto, we know they never have deeds defense, never have goaltending. So you get a goalie like Cotter or Hellebuck, 
and you got a pretty good chance of being a crappy team that decides that they're never going to stop anybody going the other way. But still, to have such a good you know series against Edmonton and then come in here and just being dominated by Montreal, I think I heard the stat when before we came on from the guys in Game Live. I think it was uh, Holden that said it. It's now over 300 minutes that the Montreal Canadiens have not been behind in the, in the game in the playoffs right now. You know, either tied or winning. So that just shows you how bad these teams are in the North. That this team that didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs in any other respect is going to run through that division and win it all. And Winnipeg is just done. I mean, look, they outshot him 30-24. Didn't matter. Outhit him, I mean, literally 50-20. to 20. Didn't matter. Out, out one draws, 33-27 on faceoffs. Had one more power play than the Canadians. And they gave up a shorthanded goal to the Canadians. So they gave up a shorty. That's how they lost the game. They gave up a shorty. That's exactly how they lost the game. And I mean to tell you, uh, to Foley, shorthanded from Lekkonen and Weber uh, at a minute 41 of the second period. And that's it. So, look, I'm telling you, I know those numbers are deceiving because it sounds like they dominated the game. And every time I looked, I saw... The Canadians have three or four guys back, and there was just no way they were scoring. So I don't care how many shots you have. I don't care how many hits you have. I don't care how many faceoffs you win. If you're trying to score and there's four defensemen, literally their forwards are playing defense, and they got three or four guys back on every every single puck. And so they every time that Winnipeg got the, got the puck in, in – let's say Montreal's in and went through the neutral zone, trying to go into the zone and to score. There was always four guys in front of them and the goalie. That's five. And none of their shots I thought were good. They were all just pathetic. I mean, they were laughable shots. Like you talk about all those shots, 30 of them. I mean, Carey Price was literally laughing at those shots. That's how easy his saves were tonight. And that score one nothing sounds like it was some amazing, brilliant, undeniable performance by Price. I barely think he broke a sweat tonight, Mafia. I mean, you saw it. He didn't work. He just sat there and smacked shots off like they were flies. Yeah, I mean, when you got guys back like that, when you have two or three guys every time and you're not getting these odd man rushes in your favor, I mean, it makes it all the shots come from the outside, all the shots come from the point. You know, the only chance you have is maybe getting a screen or a rebound because you're not getting good opportunities. And he, they weren't. They weren't getting good rushes on there. They weren't getting, you know, ones that really made Price work. They're crappy shots from bad angles. Now, here's the deal. I'm watching this uh, great game between Vegas and Colorado. And these are two just dynamic hockey teams with tons of talent and speed. And it's very physical. And there's no score with two minutes left in the first. And I mean... Vegas has had a number of chances to score, right? And power play uh, that I saw. I saw them have a power play. And they cannot score on this guy, Grubauer. Grubauer was one of the finalists for the Vesna, along with Fleury and, um, you know, the, the lightning goalie. Uh, and all I know is, um, yeah, Vasilevsky. Uh, the bottom line is, is that 
this guy Grubauer, people say, oh, the, the Avalanche don't have any goaltending. Well, then how the hell is the guy in the finalist for the Vesna? He's had a great year. They've had a great year. They're dynamic. I think that one thing about him is their speed is so outrageous that not only are they great moving the puck forward and scoring and attacking and passing and their power play, everything about their, they're the Russian Red Army, you know, in purple. All I know is, is that I think their speed actually translates to the defensive end as well. I mean, they get back in transition uh, as fast as any team I've ever seen. So they're, they're so quick to react to everything on the ice. Like, they're making all these stops right now and plays on the defensive end in their own end because of their talent and quickness. And uh, I think amazing eye-hand and stick coordination. In other words, they see the puck, uh, you know, on a like a deflection shot, right? They see it, and they stop it. They, you know, the Vegas has a play set up for, a de- you know, a deflection uh, shot. Uh, shoot it in, tip it in, and Colorado's actually reacting to that and getting to the puck before it happens. In other words, the guy will shoot it from the top of the circle toward the crease with a tip-in specialist standing right on the doorstep ready to redirect it into for a goal. And what happens is, Mavi, I know you're watching this, Colorado stops the play. They're so quick with their hands, and their eye hand is so quick. It's like Crosby. It's like Barzal the great eye-hand coordination and speed that they have and that they play with their quickness, their minds, their reaction time with their hands in stopping plays is really, truly amazing. It, it truly is amazing. Like, I think their speed and eyes and hands and quickness with those parts have made them a truly dangerous hockey team. Like, they should be losing this game right now 2 nothing, and they're not. It's no score, and Vegas is on a power play right now, and they can score any second, but they haven't, and that's just the bottom line. They have not been able to put it in, even though they've had glorious chances. Uh, Grubauer has stoned them one time after the next, and he just did it again, and they still have 30 seconds on the power play, but I got to tell you, uh, this Colorado team is evil, and if they win this game tonight in Vegas that they're scoreless in right now, they win this game, this series is over. If they go up 3 nothing, you can good night, Irene. That team's too fast, too talented to lose four straight games to anyone ever. They're not losing four straight games to the Tampa Bay Lightning either if they meet them in the Stanley Cup Finals. If Tampa gets past Carolina and Tampa gets past Boston or the Islanders, let's say hypothetically they make the Finals, they can't even beat this Colorado team four times in a row. And they're the Stanley Cup champs, and they mean business. Tampa still is the best team, in my opinion. And Colorado's right there with them sniffing it. And I think Vegas is really good, too. But, boy, are they having problems with this Colorado team. They're giving them fits. And they are completely sound. I mean, they are in every facet of a hockey game. In my opinion, they do it all spectacularly well. I mean, they are on top of everything. Defending, skating, shooting, scoring, face-offs, PK, power play, goaltending. They are absolutely a 10 out of 10. They do nothing wrong at all. It's Pharrell on the bench. We're raging. Go with us tonight on a pain-free Friday.
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. They were going through the motions. They were lifeless. I don't like that or condone that at all. I play it straight up, yo. All right, so for all events, great game in Vegas. Scoreless after one between the Avs and Knights. In Game 3, in Sin City, Games 3 and 4 there in Vegas. And now back to the uh, Dallas game. They're down 1, and now they take the lead by 1 on a uh, runner in the lane. And uh, it's been unbelievable. Ever since I've been watching, uh, Kawhi Leonard took over the game for uh, the Clippers. He's the best guy on the floor, making it happen, hitting threes. He got fouled on a three, hit all three free throws, then came down the next trip and buried a three and gave him a four-point lead. But then uh, the Mavs hit a three to get him down one. Then they hit the layup, uh, Brunson, uh, to give him the lead. They got the lead now, but here's Kawhi with a rock, and he hits another J. The guy's unstoppable right now. He's literally lighting them up, no questions asked. And, I mean, uh, he means business. I mean, this guy is a freak. Every time the game's big, I mean, just forget about it. The guy goes off. I mean, I have to see. Uh, Finney Smith hits a three now. It's 75-73 Dallas. Uh, Kawhi's got, I, I think he's got 35 points in the game already. 35 points in the game. And there's still a minute left in the third. He's got 35 in a game six elimination game where they're facing elimination. The guy is going off. And now Doncic just got hammered on a layup. No call. And he, and Carlisle's freaking out. Doncic is freaking out. And here's why. Because they're not getting the calls because Doncic is such a D. And all he does is cry and whine and B. So they're giving him no calls just like Mafia said. He cries so much. They're just not giving him a call now. 